0: Man, you want to start an argument, go into any place where there's more than two investors and say, this particular school of thought for long-term investment is by far the best and the rest are just followed by idiots. Man, you're going to be there all night. There's the super old school guy that's never adopted to New Economic Times who says, if you don't pay cash, real estate's just like cars you don't borrow money ever that's just not the way it's supposed to go then there's the guy that says on the opposite end i just don't understand using any of my own money ever the idea is use other people's money that's it that's the ticket o p m and and that's that's super extreme i've had many people come to me saying they want me to advise them but they they don't want to they want to use zero down loans back when you could do it and I refused and literally without exception every single person came back to me within one to three years later so I could uh, dig out my magic wand which I've never owned to fix the problems that came. Zero down doesn't work unless it means you're not using any of your money you are putting down payment but it's other people's money that I get. Then there's the people that say You never, ever end up with a free and clear property because it's a sin to waste low interest, especially historically low interest. They get upset at the very idea of having the equity in your property versus in the bank. Okay, I get that. Stand alone, I'm not going to argue that principle. And that comes from an author named Andrews who I like very much who wrote, I think the name of the book was uh, a Fortune 101. But the idea is this. Nothing is in a vacuum. What sounds good in and of itself, stand alone, when you put it in a room full of other factors, doesn't work. And that includes things that I tell people to do. If you subtract the factors that it took for me to get to that decision and to give that advice, I maybe wouldn't have said it. So what you have to understand is, a school of thought for investment, if you are if you, from my school of thought, is long term, if you have the capital, if you have the ability to save, and you're gonna have a 20 to 40 year timeline, you're buying investment real estate. You're generally putting reasonable down payment. Now I'm not gonna talk about leverage here today, but leverage in this sense, is the traditional cultural definition of down payment, which is, by the way, not, read my lips, N-O-T, not the real definition of leverage. But today, we'll use down payment amount. At 20 to 30% down when you buy a property, you're not at the extreme of zero down versus uh, buying for all cash. You're just using what I would call prudent leverage. Now the word prudent is subjective and relative at the very least, right? But if the interest rates are historically low, like today, twenty to thirty percent is fine and will, generally speaking, give you cash flow uh, somewhere between four and five on the low side, cash on cash four and five percent up into double digits. It depends where you're buying and what your agenda is. The difference, though, is you ha- if you have enough to pay cash for a $300,000 residential income property, that means if you were to put 25% down on that, which is $75,000, and let's say it cost you $85,000 to close it, that $300,000 will allow you to buy three properties with prudent leverage. And if you do that over time and get those properties free and clear, you end up with three times the cash flow as the guy who just bought the one duplex for 300000 Because here's what he's doing. He's taking the cash flow, and he's having some of it sheltered, and some of it he's paying taxes on, and he's saving that so he can buy another one for Inclair. Meanwhile, you're taking the cash flow in your savings, and if you save enough, it's not put in concrete that you're going to necessarily... Use all that money to pay those off fast. If you're young enough, you might be doing exactly what he's doing. Except for you don't have to save another 300. You only have to save another 80, 85. And you have a fourth duplex. Meanwhile, he's trying to get two. And yes, he has way more cash flow than you do. But in the end, I've done this analysis so many times, I I literally can't tell you how many hundreds of them I've done. In the end, the people that use prudent leverage in terms of down payment, the secondary definition of the word and the concept, end up with two things that the all-cash buyer doesn't. More net worth and more cash flow in retirement. Period. End of sentence. Let's don't argue about it. Now, the argument that the school of thought of pay cash all the time is true. They're safer. If it hits the fan, and it is going to hit the fan. Who's safer? The guy with no debt or the guy that started out with a 70 to a 60 to 75% loan? Well, if you have debt of any amount, you're not as safe as the guy that has no debt. Duh. Captain Obvious lives. But if you know this going in, and you say, look, even if my net operating income is cut because of bad economic times. That just means I don't have cash flow. I didn't invest for cash flow now. I'm making more money than I can spend. That's why I have investment capital. On the other end, if it goes down, I now have maybe a break even. I might even have for a while a negative cash flow. Oh no. I get it. My point is this. All investment is risk. Anybody that tells you different is either not too bright or they think you're not too bright. It's all about risk. To the degree that you have debt, you have more risk than the guy that has less debt. The guy that has no debt has tremendously less risk on and, and, and cash to lose as far as a bad problem in the economy. And the rental market, than the guy that owes 100% of what he paid. It's just schools of thought. And the concept is that in the long run, the people that kind of take that middle road, that use leverage and the concept of leverage prudently, that don't get loans that are low interest rate, amortized for 30 or 40 years but doing three or five, My friends, if they'd have done that in 1978, they wouldn't own those properties in 1982. If they'd have done it in 1989, same scenario. We don't know what's coming. I've often talked about the perfect storm. It doesn't last forever. No storm, good, bad, or ugly does. We always revert to the norm. It's been so long since we've seen the the norm, we don't know what normal is anymore, do we? Be middle of the road. Be boring. Use leverage. Use it prudently. Acquire more real estate, but pay it off. Be conservative. Get yourself free and clear. Most people think that's a risk worth taking. If you don't think it's a risk worth taking, it's just another school of thought, and it's as good as any other school.